Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable or forgettable hip hop themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. Season one, episode number two, Wild Style. Wild Style was released in 1983, directed and produced by Charlie Ahern and written by Ahern and Frederick Brathwaite, otherwise known as Fab Five Freddy. Fab Five Freddy. Five, 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 five. Wild Style stars Lee Quinones, Sandra Ladypink Fabara, Fab Five Freddy, and Patty Astor. Cameo appearances by the Union Crew, Fly Girls, Electric Force, Fantastic Freaks, Cold Crush Brothers, and the Rocksteady Crew. Wild Style is often touted as the first ever hip-hop movie. Filmed in 1981, this was a revolutionary and eye-opening look at the early days of hip-hop culture in the South Bronx, New York. This story centers around a younger graffiti artist, Raymond, a.k.a. Zorro, who does his masterful work incognito so that he's not caught by the authorities. The film is full of some of the earliest MCs spitting raw lyrics, as well as fresh breakdancing and, of course, graffiti. Let's see, what did you like about the movie? All right, so... What I liked about this movie is that it's, it's a classic. It, it gives you all of the elements of early hip hop. It breaks it down. It puts it to you raw and unfiltered. You see the MCs. There's element of breakdancing, b-boying. Obviously, there's the graffiti, which is a very prominent element of hip hop. And you have the DJ. You have a couple of classic DJs. They're spinning. It, it gives you a nice, a nice picture of what it's like to be in the South Bronx in the late 70s and early 80s. And you see how the street life is there and everyone is trying to make a way. And it just gives you a nice picture of what it looks like. And I think that's probably one of the things I like the most about it. Yeah, I could dig it. I mean, what I really liked myself, Boogie, was obviously the introduction of Fab Five Freddy as Fade. I grew to love him on UMTV Raps. That was my go-to show to learn all about new hip-hop artists, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s. I I grew up watching that. So many Gen Xers would probably probably have embraced hip hop genre and music and culture from, from Fab Five Freddy and the other Dr. Dre. <laughs> the film itself, I think was just pure. It was raw. The, the rapping itself, Busy B, Starsky, Cold Crush, Double Trouble, very original. And they were trailblazers for that time. And there were some iconic scenes. Uh, you alluded to it. Uh, Grandmaster Flash scratching records in his kitchen. You know, that juxtaposed against uh, the painting of the mural from Raymond, played by Lee Quinones, as well as all the breakdancing was a really great scene. I like when, you know, they were actually showing Lee or Raymond's character actually doing the painting, whereas some other movies you see some sleight of hand. You don't really see the artist at work. And I saw that some of that in like Beach Street, where it was like you just see that they're shaking the cans and all of a sudden you see a mural. Right? They actually show him doing doing some of his great work. He's one of the originals and legendary in the in the artistic stylings of graffiti. I liked also the confluence of basketball and rap in the one scene with Double Trouble. <laughs> a little cheesy at times where they kind of kind of rapping, but I liked it. I mean, in basketball and hip hop, hip hop intertwined to this day. Yeah. So I, I love that. And also it show you not just the glamour, but the scary scene with Ray and then the journalist Virginia being held at gunpoint. So it's like, wow, this, this is, this is real. It was South Bronx. 
I read somewhere that those were real stick up artists. Like these were kind of guys on the edge that they hire for that scene <laughs> and uh, fade diffuse this situation. At the end, they had a remix of Good Times song. And that was pretty unique. Remixes get getting his birth a little bit as well. So, I mean, all in all, like those are some of the highlights for me. That rap battle slash basketball scene was one of my favorites. I see. It, it almost felt like an early version of chess boxing. Like there was two things going on at once but the music kind of fused them together. And I enjoyed that very much. There were some other funny parts. The scene where after he wins the- oh, the rap battle? One, one of them, the rap battle in the beginning has a champagne. Oh, Busy B. Busy B won, Busy yeah, B, yeah. right. So Busy B wins the, the rap battle and they go to this hotel. <laughs> <laughs> is it there that they, they say, I want to know what Zodiac sign is getting the most money? <laughs> yeah. That's in, the, that's in the hotel room, right? Yep. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. And then another sort of just almost a throwaway scene is when the, the journalist breaks down and she's looking for the graffiti artist and the kids all come up to her and yeah. she says she's looking for the graffiti artist and all the kids are like, we're all graffiti artists. <laughs> and then they push the car right. to where she's going. <laughs> There's like 20 of them pushing the car. And of course, this is the 80s the car, yeah. or late, late. This is like 1881. So, like, it's a giant boat of an American car. It's <laughs> a big, big American steel that they're pushing the car down the street. <laughs> but yeah, some of the rap battles in that, the rap scenes in that movie were pretty good. Like, they were at the Dixie Club. Starsky was rapping and you see everybody dancing and partying. That was real, real cool. That's how it was. It was almost like a precursor to that burning spear type layout that was in Beach Street. Very low level, not quite a house party because it was in an establishment, but like a step above a house party, but a step below like that burning spear, like nightclub scene. When Busy B came with a champagne bottle and they all jumped in the limo, you know, one of the first pe- people I recognized was Lisa Lee in the, in the, in the limousine with them. And I was like, oh, shoot, Lisa Lee, one of the us girls from Beach Street, of course, transpiring over there. I'm glad they got to show her, you know, give a little bit of her lyrics in there. Not a whole rhyme, but just giving her a little bit of a highlight. Like, she's not just a random, you know, random girl that they popped into the movie, but acknowledging the fact that she was actually an established MC at that time. But yeah, like I said, that basketball scene is iconic. I remember remember seeing that scene before I even saw the movie. (laughs) That scene was everywhere. And I was like, wow, this is great. I can't wait to see this movie. And then I finally got to see the movie. It's a classic. You're going to find some cheesy stuff in it. You're going to find some some stuff in it that's a little outdated, of course. But it's relevant to the culture. And I think it's important that people take a time out to at least glance at it and, and recognize what's going on in the movie. Yeah, it was revolutionary for its time. The content of the lyrics is a lot of braggadocio. It's a lot of trying to get the girls in it. It's still live to this day. I mean, you see the videos and whatnot. The scene with Double Trouble on the stoop, with a stoop rap. Do yourselves a favor, listeners, and kind of look up stoop rap from Wild Style. It's a legendary scene. It's been sampled. I think The Roots may have sampled it. And literally, there's been a lot of rappers to this day that have been influenced by Wild Style. Samples are plenty out there. Beastie Boys sampled some lyrics from some of the uh, dialogue, actually, in some of the music. Nas, Missy Elliott, Gangstar, uh, Tribe Called Quest, Cypress Hill. If you're fans of any, any of those legendary artists, you, you will hear some, some clips from, from this movie. So they had a great influence on, on a lot of the culture. I mean, I think it was good, too, to see um, not just like Busy B, but the Cold Crush Brothers as well. 
they're like unsung heroes in hip hop. I mean, you know, Jay-Z gave a slight plug to them. You know, he mentioned, you know, I'm raising the status quo up. I'm overcharging these labels for what they did to the Cold Crush, just acknowledging the fact that they were there at the beginning of hip hop, but they never got to reap the benefits of being hip hop artists. You know, they never, you know, had a major record deal, large scale distribution, like say the Sugar Hill Gang or Run DMC that came by after them or, you know, Dougie Fresh or any of those guys. They they were there in the beginning, but they just never, never got that deal and that wide scale distribution. So it was good to see them highlighted in the film as well, just recognizing that they were there and they're, they're pioneers to the game. And there was a quote that I saw from Freddie Bathwaite also known as Fab Five Freddy, saying, I wanted to show that for a culture to be complete, it should combine music, dance, and a visual art. I thought there were elements around that that could be pulled together and made to look like one thing and that a movie would help. And Grandmaster Flash added, that's the way the culture started. So like you had said, Boogie, all the elements were there and that just makes it a, a solid movie. And like I said, it, it's like a history lesson for a lot of folks as to how the hip-hop culture began. Anything else you like, Donna Wright? There was one throwaway reference about styling and profiling, and that's something that has lived on. So I thought that was a really cool thing to see in the, in the movie. And speaking of basketball, references to Rick Barry and Dr. J, I'm all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. J is my favorite basketball player of all time, and I'm, I'm down with any reference to Julius Irving. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Philly in the house. So there, there's some things, however, you know, that either you know, I disliked or I questioned. And uh, we always want to touch on those as well. So for me, honestly, my first time seeing the film, I've heard a lot about it, but I'm picturing a true film with all the, the elements, rising action, falling action, climax, all this stuff. You're not going to see a lot of that. Again, like we said, it's really raw. It's just like following the crews around. But it worked. Um, so the plot itself is super thin. If you're looking for plot, <laughs> you're not going to find much of it. And that being said, there's very little character development. We don't really know much about the backstories of, of the characters like we do in some other films. Another thing that was a shock value to me was the double trouble duo uh, at that the band shall bring out their AK-47s on stage in front of the huge festival type crowd. I was taken aback by that because obviously... You know, that stuff happens, but I, I cringe at it because, you know, you don't want to glamorize guns and possible violence. There's been too many of those incidents over the years. So that one was like, wow, that that wouldn't fly today, obviously. But hey, that that, that was the style back then. Right, right, right. Anything else you guys either disliked or questioned about the film? Yeah, I think you touched on it. Definitely the, the lack of character development. I think I was pulled into the movie just because I recognize the character who played Raymond. I recognize him from real life. So it was kind of like I was following him around instead of the actual character, but it was only because I kind of knew of him, Lee, outside of the movie. But if I was just, you know, watching the character from the movie, it wouldn't have really given me much hold on to. I think that was one thing. Like you said, the guns on the stage was a little overboard. I don't even like, I'm guessing those were supposed to be real guns. It was, you know, bad imagery. Bad imagery, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have guns out on stage pointing at people or anything like that. But so I think that was those two elements were probably the ones that really stuck out for me the most. But other than that, I, I think it was all right. Yeah, I had trouble following along this what they call a loosely scripted story. 
yeah. I think loosely scripted was rather generous. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what the point of the journalist was. I don't really understand what the point of Rose was. At the end, or near the end, Rose is, I guess, his girlfriend, gives him the idea that we don't see any payoff to. And her idea was that they're not going to care about the graffiti. They're here to see the rappers. And like, well, what's the point of having V. Lee Quinones in this movie then? Yeah. So that was left a little wanting. But this movie is so iconic. And you know, the parts in between the, the story that drags down the entire movie, the, the scenes with the rap battles and the, the rapping and the breakdancing. I mean, these are these are historical gems to look at and enjoy. I can give the story a pass. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot of it too, was that those weren't actors at all. They were like right. just yeah. people, like Lee was a graffiti artist. He was no actor. And then like mm-hmm. even Rose, she was an act, she's an artist. She's not an act, yep. actress either. So it kind of left a little bit to um, be desired in that aspect. Oh, I do know at that part where you were mentioning about the conversation with Rose and, and Zorro at the end, I remember he was trying to, he had his layout of what he wanted to do in the amphitheater and he had the hands up and he was trying to draw the figure in the center and he was struggling with the figure in the center. And that's where I think she was saying that don't focus on, you know, they're not, they're not here to see you. I mean, it was worded really weird, but <laughs> when she was saying, no, they're not, they're not going to care about you. And then they ended up with the, was it the star in the center? And I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's more more or less those hands were repurposed as just kind of like clap your hands to the rappers, maybe. That's right. kind of how I interpret it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah right. Um, but Lee Quinones, you know, I would uh, I would implore listeners to look up his work as well. Legendary yeah. artist. You had sure. a book as a kid, spray, spray can art, right? Yeah, I remember back in like first, first it was either first grade or second grade, probably first grade. We used to have the Scholastic Book Fairs. Oh, I remember going into the Scholastic Book Fair, and it was this—it was a book. And I remember looking at this book, and I saw the picture on the front. And I used to draw, and I used to do a lot of graffiti and stuff like that. I never did any walls or anything like that. I used to keep all my art to paper. But this—the cover of the book—it stood out to me. So I remember pur- purchasing a book, and one of the artists that was featured in the book was Lee. So there's Lee artwork throughout the whole book. Um, there's a few other few other artists as well. And um, yeah, the book, unfortunately, over the years, it kind of fell apart. But I was, you know, searching on Amazon. And I, can, I can buy the book now for 16 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, that's one of my first encounters with Lee way back then. So to actually see him doing some of the work, the painting that he was doing in the beginning of the movie, the Zorro character is actually in the book. So it was cool to see that connection being made as well. But he's a well-established artist, though. Well-known, well-known, legend. I think if you look at this film with the lens of a documentary rather than a story, a full-blown story, you would appreciate it much more. So you kind of take it for what it's worth. That's what my advice would be for you. So did we enjoy the music? I, I did. I enjoyed the raw lyrics, very clever lyrics, and the, the, the DJing of Grandmaster Flash was was phenomenal. So you got again Busy B, Cold Crush, Double Trouble. Grand Wizard. Really, really uh trailblazers for sure. Anything yeah. else to add on this? I mean, the music is legendary. It, it is classic. I would have bought the soundtrack, I guess. If- yeah, it'll definitely make you dance. 
Right. That's for sure. It would definitely make you move. I, don't, yeah, I never definitely. had the soundtrack. I don't, I'm not even sure if they had the soundtrack out back then. I'm pretty sure you can get it now, but I don't remember the soundtrack from being from when I was a kid, though. But now I'm pretty sure you can get it now. But if it was out, if I remembered, I would have definitely had it. Like some of the songs they were playing, I have some songs that sound very similar to those. That, and it was basically just a took a song and just just let it play instrumental just let it play there was no 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 hardcore sampling in, like there is now it was just like okay we like this song we're gonna take that beat <laughs> rhyme over it and when it gets to the end we're gonna scratch and then bring it back again <laughs> you know so but nah good stuff though yeah having not seen the movie before i was really entertained by the the rapping and the songs in it like these are these are great lyrics. And I watched it with the subtitles on so I could see the yes. words as they're rapping them. And I was like, wow, these are really good rhymes. Yeah, subtitles yeah. is a must. <laughs> I watched it with yeah. subtitles as well. I, I did watch it with subtitles as well because you miss it. They, they're rapping fast. And uh, obviously technology back then wasn't great. So you get some muffled sounds and stuff like that. So I recommend that as well. Yeah. What we think the overall rating, we always like to do this thing called either bring that funky flick back or leave it in the vault. So, you know, we'll go around the room here. I was a little bit on the fence here, but due to its historical significance, I'm going to say bring that funky flick back. What do you say, Boogie? I'm going to bring a funky flick back. It's one of those relevant films to the culture can't overlook its importance no matter how undeveloped some parts are it's very relevant so i'm always going to bring that funky flick back for this one how about you donna yeah i was on the fence too but it, it is culturally significant and just the parts beyond the story are, are worth seeing it really probably should have been made as a documentary but those parts that we did see that were basically unscripted were just tremendous glances into hip-hop culture back then um, you really saw it like unfiltered. Yeah, bring that funky flick back. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so do you think this film could be made today? I mean, I, I don't think so because for me, it's historical and it was for that time. So it, it's not something that I think could be easily remade since there's a lack of like a real, real story. It's just like something that is like an artifact that can be treasured. Yeah, I think they could try to do it. I don't think they would get the same effect, though. It wouldn't have, it would lack that rawness to it. I think it would be too polished and it would be too um, commercialized. Beach Street could bring that back. You could make Beach Street. It was a polished film that had everything there. So you can easily duplicate the template. But for, for, um, for Wild Style, I think that because of the way that it was made and the way that it was shot, it's hard to duplicate that. So like I said, they could try it, but I don't think it would, I don't think it would come out well. Yeah. If you would try to remake this, it's a different movie. If you actually had a story that had right. real parts to it. So yeah, I probably would leave it remade. It would take probably a lot to reboot this film. <laughs> <laughs> Often imitated, never duplicated. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Uh, 
All right. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Special thanks to Susan Berger, Tawana Edwards, and Allison Yaris. Hit us up at hiphopmovieclub at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. You can also check us out at hiphopmovieclub.com. The next episode of Hip Hop Movie Club podcast drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to you listeners. And remember, don't hate, appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Boy.